0: This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Two of the hottest words in e-commerce for 2021 are content and community. And these are the top talking points for good reason. Content keeps customers engaged between purchases, and community is one of those truly defensible moats left in e-com. But I think a lot of us hear the word content and think blog posts, long form videos, podcasts. But social is content too. And it's a great way to build your community. And we always ask guests on this show to share brands that inspire them. And I think Manscaped has come up every time someone's talking about social. So today we have Manscaped here to talk about building your organic social following. Specifically, we have Tyler Wentworth, Director of Social Media, joining us. Welcome to the show, Tyler.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Really,
0: really excited to have you on the show. And uh, We were thinking maybe before we go deep into
2: social strategy and tactics, which is which is going to be the bulk of the episode, I um, wanted to just give you an opportunity to just talk a little bit about Manscaped. So maybe for listeners who don't know, uh, there's probably very few of them, but for listeners who don't know, maybe tell us a little bit about Manscaped and what you guys are all about.
1: Yeah, of course. Manscaped is a uh, below-the-waist grooming company. Uh, we specialize in tools and formulations, um, to help men groom themselves and keep proper hygiene below the belt. Uh, so obviously a taboo topic that we're trying to make a bit more normalized in conversation, and we like to approach that with humor um, and education and kind of lighthearted, cheeky content to engage and inspire our, our community of guys to, to take care of themselves and feel more confident.
0: I love that. And you're definitely doing a good job of that in the content, basically everything you guys are doing from unboxing to the website to everything. But we're going to focus on social today. And I wanted to start off with actually a quote from one of our previous episodes. So we were talking about how to do content. And one of our guests said, that Manscaped brand is the best content I've ever seen. Their organic TikTok gets millions of views. And it's basically just one guy in his room. And it's incredible. Now, my guess is that your team is not just picking up their phone and posting whatever they want from their bedroom. So I think the best place to start here is, like, high-level strategy. Like, how do you decide what to post?
1: I mean, it's definitely been a learning experience. Um, The whole filming content from my bedroom started out of pure, like, lack of resources when the pandemic started. Our TikTok... um, I started it when I joined the Manscaped team in uh, summer 2019, and it was still really new for, for a lot of brands. And I knew there was a lot of potential, especially given that our brand is so humorous and takes a comedic angle to a lot of our content. Um, but when I started at Manscaped and was doing social, I was also wearing a lot of other hats like um, you know people who join startups do. And didn't have as much time to dedicate to creating original content for that channel as I would have liked. So I was mostly just filming content around the office, like fun office antics, talking about our internal culture as a startup, uh, fun employee events and things like that. And it wasn't until the pandemic happened and I was forced to work from home that it was just me in my room and I knew we needed to create TikTok content. At the beginning of quarantine, we probably had like 7,000 followers and we're starting to get a little bit of momentum. Uh, But when the pandemic started and I started creating content in my room, our community started to get familiar with me and my personality and my humor. And that's when we started to get a lot of traction. And I think the way we've been able to strategize what we're posting on that channel is by becoming avid users of the platform, just like in our personal lives. So understanding what are those the, the common verbiage or the common jokes, the common stories that uh, TikTok users like to talk about, um, and understanding how people on TikTok engage with one another and what types of content tends to generate the most engagement and go viral. So we understood the platforms as personal users first, Um, And wanted to find a way to come across as like an authentic human person as a representing a brand on TikTok while still um, getting across brand messages. So it's definitely been like a balance of like, we want to be funny and engaging and entertaining for TikTok audiences. But we also want to drive business objectives and uh, support brand messages. So it's kind of finding that balance between the two.
2: Sure, and and I know like you guys obviously have a huge TikTok following. Clearly, um, a lot of thought goes into what gets posted. You know, I'm curious. Like, you're not only on TikTok, so you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. Um, I think we were talking before. You guys have a face, Facebook group as well. Maybe you can tell us the name of that when you answer this question too, because it's funny. Um, but when you're when you're thinking about social. How do you decide what goes on each channel? Like obviously with TikTok, it's like a personal thing. It's you, people know you, you're in your bedroom. It's kind of funny, but like, I'm sure, or maybe talk through like, how do you think about each platform strategically and where do you, des- and how do you decide what to post where?
1: When I started at Manscaped, it was kind of a blank slate in terms of um, strategy and plan. I was given, you know, full autonomy to create the content I thought was going to drive uh, business, forward the most, what I thought was going to move the needle. So kind of prioritize specific channels where I felt like we had the most potential to engage and create enthused communities. So I focused heavily on Instagram, um, TikTok, and um, Twitter, and then Facebook groups. I think anyone who works in social media knows the power that Facebook groups have been able to drive Um, for businesses and even just general communities um, on that platform over the past few years. uh, Facebook's explicitly talked about that they're favoring group content and feeds. Um, Facebook pages for companies in general are kind of dead um, unless you're paying to promote your content. So Facebook groups was a logical evolution of our Facebook presence and also understanding that we have so many enthusiastic customers um, and loyalists who love talking about us. So um, in late 2019, we created a group called the Facebook Ballers, which is uh, now 12,000 of our most loyal customers who get early access to products, get special discounts, get to test new products. Uh, But it's really a forum for guys to talk about grooming routines and habits um, and overall, just like modern day masculinity and what it means to them, uh, so it's it's a safe space and an open forum for guys to talk amongst themselves. We we rarely, I mean, we post as Manscaped every once in a while on there, but it's really just to prompt more conversation. It's mostly um, our most loyal customers talking amongst themselves, and it's a huge cornerstone of our social media efforts. Just given we have these 12,000 customer loyalists that are willing to do, you know, whatever for the brand because they are so passionate about it. But as far as like content on other channels, um, I think the, the primary channels that just outlined Twitter, Instagram, TikTok ballers, we, we, we try and create original content for each and content that feels native to those platforms. So on Twitter, we're, we're definitely more quippy, short topical things. TikTok, like I mentioned, we're we're really f- fans of the platform and use it in our like free time and love the jokes and the shared antics on there. So t- tapping into that. Instagram's obviously a beast that's constantly changing. We recently started pushing into Reels, which has been a really good opportunity for us. And in that case, we are repurposing content from TikTok, but it's performing well on Reels, which I think everyone is just repurposing TikTok content for Reels. <laughs> right. Um, but... Yeah, we we're definitely creating original content for each channel in a way that we feel like is going to drive the most engagement and reach because that is a KPI for us. It's just like reach and
0: engagement for the ballers community. How how do you decide who ends up in there? Like, is it invite only? Like, you're deciding who ends up in that group?
1: Yeah, it's it's relatively invite only in the sense that we um, promote it mostly via email to uh, customers who have purchased more than a couple times. Um, so we're assuming that someone who's purchased, you know, on, from us on multiple occasions is a fan. So, um, we have emails that go out every few weeks that drive people there. And we also, also include calls to action within some of our Instagram stories. We'll do like polls or trivia of like, how many of these Manscaped products do you have? Or here's like trivia about the ingredients in our products or like what our products aim to achieve. And if someone gets them all right, we're like, you should join the ballers. So, Um, We're trying to filter it down to our most loyal, enthusiastic customers, for sure. I should have mentioned we also have a a questionnaire in the beginning that kind of like filters out anyone who might just be joining for like a quick discount and they've never bought the product or anything like that. Um, We have questions that help filter out people and make sure that they're qualified to be in the group.
0: I love that. Not just like, I've seen a lot of people build communities like that around like, oh, when you've made five purchases, you get added into this. But just having like different ways to kind of filter the fandom of it all. Like those quizzes are a fantastic way to filter out the people who are going to be super engaged once they get in there. Because curating that community and making sure that it is the fans that are in there, like that's super important in putting a group together like that. And we talked a bit now about what and where, but I'm also really interested in the why. Like, what would you say is the main goal of organic social efforts? Because I feel like a lot of companies really struggle with tying this to something other than kind of views.
1: I mean, our organic social presence really hits every area of the funnel for us. Um, I think there's channels like TikTok um, and YouTube where people are usually being introduced to us as a brand. Um, TikTok is... For a lot of Gen Z, their first introduction to Manscaped, we were historically a very millennial male-focused brand, or even like a little older than millennial. Um, so Gen Z's first introduction to Manscaped, as far as like brand awareness, has has pretty much been TikTok, and then just other um, influencer and digital display advertising. Um, but things like the Ballers for us are really like customer loyalty, customer retention, um, and then channels like Instagram for us have historically been able to drive a lot of um, conversion through swipe ups, through um, Instagram shopping, things like that. So it's it's hitting every, every area of the funnel. For us, organic social, I think my biggest KPIs are really related to like reach and scale and making sure that as many people know about Manscaped as possible because there's other aspects of our marketing efforts like um Podcast sponsorship, influencer creator sponsors, paid media, sports partnerships—that are kind of more um, more honed in on specific, you know, conversion goals or awareness goals, things like that. Um, but yeah, organic social is hitting every point in the funnel for us, and um, I think for me, I'm really just trying to to personify and and elevate the brand to a point where. The majority of men
2: know about Manscaped. I mean, it's it's a it's a really comprehensive strategy where you're e- each channel clearly serves a different purpose. It's the content is native. The goals are specific to each each uh, each platform. I mean, it's the reason why so many brands have asked us about about what you guys are doing because they can see how effective everything is that you guys are putting out there. And I want to go back to it. One of the original quotes that we were talking about before, and and you know your social content obviously gives off the impression that it's really like thrown together and organic and laid back and humorous, but clearly it isn't. I mean, you guys obviously have a pretty pretty tight strategy across all of these different networks and channels. So how do you how do you make sure that all of the stuff that you're doing. Lines up to a bigger strategy. Like, how, how do you guys think about that internally or organizationally? Like, how does how does social fit, and how do you make sure that it, that it fits within a larger strategy?
1: I think that's a great point. I, for us, it is a bit of scrappiness and being able to have um, a really deep understanding of the Manscaped brand. I think social media managers more than any other. Uh, expert on a marketing team for a, a business or brand understand the brand more than any other person. Social media teams are the ones responsible for the most external forward facing communications for a brand, nine times out of ten. Um, so who better to represent the brand than the social media team? I feel like our team as an organic social media team is is most familiar with what's our brand voice, what's our key brand messages. So we're really defining what those are for Manscaped. I think Manscaped sees itself really as a social-first brand. We produce content, um, first and foremost, for organic and paid social media. And then um, we obviously have really robust paid advertising and um, like influencer marketing initiatives to support that. But when we're thinking about creating content, we're really thinking about it social-first. So... I, and along with like other experts on the marketing team, I feel like have been able to define what is our like our branded messaging, our, our brand tone, who we are as a person, what our our mission statement is. So um, we've been helping define that over the past two years or so. Uh, I, I would say it is a little backwards in the sense of like the content we create, we're creating are is defining what those, Larger brand goals are obviously we have strong business objectives that we like to hit um, related to like you know sales, reach, conversions, all those types of things. But for us, um, the content we create is really evolving the brand. Um, we we regularly test content on social first to see how it resonates before we start um, filtering out to other paid advertising or the website or things like that
0: yeah, so for you, social social is the voice, and it sounds like the social team at Manscapes actually leading that voice of the customer and kind of that brand voice through social. So I guess for people who are listening and you're not going kind of social first, just the important thing there is brand voice. Like if that's being set somewhere else, making sure that you're keeping that consistent feel, look, um, understanding as you put this together. And now we've talked a lot about, kind of like the strategy of this. I was hoping that we could dig into some of the specifics of some of the stuff you're up to. So one thing like I'm really impressed with about Manscaped is how quick you guys are to try new channels. Like I feel like you were really quick to TikTok. You were talking about Instagram reels. Like you're always kind of like testing these things really quickly. Do you think being first to the jump like that has helped you grow your social presence?
1: I think it has because I I come from an agency background. I worked at agencies for over five years before joining Manscaped. And the biggest the biggest struggle I always had working at the agency was that I had all these ideas and these things I thought we could do. And it was so hard to push them through to the client and have the client get approval for whatever reason, not because they were bad clients, but just given that relationship, there's a lot of approvals and hurdles that need to, you know, you have to overcome to get to a point where you're nimbly creating content or nimbly testing new channels um, so one of the great things about Manscaped is they have given me full autonomy to just run and test. Um, they trust you know, my understanding of the brand. They trust uh, my expertise and my experience to be able to test new channels. So I, we were one of the first, at least one of the first D2C brands to jump onto TikTok um, and start testing it out. And there were... There was a lot less competition in in the for you feed and the algorithm back then that allowed to help that allowed us to you know have those viral moments where we were getting like three million organic video views on a on a video. Um, now there's a lot more brands jumping on it because they understand you know the scale TikToks had. Uh, but we love testing new channels because it's exciting to us. So like you mentioned, we we leaned into Reels when it launched. Um, We've noticed that like first to platform strategy is impactful for us because people are familiar with us; they're pretty familiar with our humor at this point. So to see us be one of the first brands to jump on a new platform, we do tend to get pretty great engagement. Um, So we're already exploring new things like Snapchat Snapchat Spotlight, which is like their TikTok copy. YouTube Shorts is like the YouTube copy of TikTok. So we're leaning into all these, which. On one hand, it's amazing and great that we're able to find these new platforms where we can drive organic scale for the brand. But on the other hand, like social media teams are consistently being strapped for bandwidth because now they're creating channels or creating content for 18 plus social media channels and expected to interact with customers regularly and do, you know, customer service through social, as well as where, you know, like content, be a content creator and be a content publisher and scheduler and, uh, content, a uh, social analytics and social listening. There's just so many aspects to social media that th- the scale of what social media teams are doing is just consistently growing.
0: I feel like I have to ask this as a follow-up is clubhouse is all over my social feeds right now. Is clubhouse something that's on manscapes radar at all for like that community side?
1: I joined Clubhouse about a month ago and have popped into a few rooms. Right now, I'm keeping an eye on it. Right now, I don't see like a good manscaped application um, as far as like getting our customers on the platform, but I do see potentially if Clubhouse continues to grow, which it feels like it is right now, potentially like finding a way to integrate our ballers community into Clubhouse. But I think right now, people, users on Clubhouse aren't looking for like branded content necessarily. They're kind of using it as a as an escape to branded content. Um, so I've been joining more for just like my own personal and professional development, um, networking, and getting insights from. Other, you know, marketing content creators. So it's interesting.
2: <laughs> it, feel, it feels like it lends itself more as like a webinar replacement or a podcast alternative than it does a place to, to your point for for branded content. But the the community application does feel like there's there's going to be something there. Um, You know, one of the things I wanted to to ask you about is a tactic that we noticed you guys took. And all the stuff you've been talking about is like coordinated and there's great scale to it and there's applications across all the different functions that you were just talking about. But something that we, we spotted that you guys did is... You are joining live streams on TikTok and giving away free products, which is something that inherently is not scalable, but clearly it's working or maybe maybe I shouldn't assume that like you know is something like that working on a micro level? and maybe what advice would you give to brands who are looking for tactics that don't scale but like resonate really well with the audience you're going after?
1: Yeah, us scrolling through the for you page and joining random lives comes from us being fans of the platform and wanting to, uh, engage authentically with people on TikTok. Um, so we're regularly commenting on people's videos, um, and like with funny, quippy responses. Um, joining lives kind of started as an accident. We probably, we have a few people on the social media team and, um, we were having like a small team gathering like f- five, six months ago. And, we joined a live, and we didn't like someone's live on our for you page, and we didn't realize that they would get a notification that like Manscapes joining your live, and they're like Manscapes in my live stream. This is crazy, <laughs> and just like getting that reaction was so obviously like cool and exciting that we were like, what if we made something of this? So um, during the holidays, we joined probably six, seven different live streams. Um, of different TikTok users and surprised them with free product and recorded their reactions and then asked them if we could like repurpose their reaction for like a a TikTok compilation. Um, And it it became like a really great social media uh, moment for us and um, content for us where we're just giving away, you know, a free trimmer, but we created a a TikTok compilation that got, you know, 50,000 views of people reacting to winning free product but for me, joining lives and commenting on, on TikTok videos is really just trying to present Manscaped as like a fan of the platform, and we understand you as a TikTok user, and we, we have the same shared inside jokes. So we're a cool brand. Engage with us. Um, but um, it, it really is just us trying to come across as like an authentic and engaged uh, brand on the platform.
0: I love those too. and like the reactions you were getting from people when you joined them. Like people were freaking out when you joined in on those, and like I mean, that's a testament to how strong the brand is, and like the the depths at which you're willing to go to make people feel that way too, which I think is something really, really special. And one thing I want to hit on is like you obviously have integrated yourself into the content, into the story that you're putting out there. Do you see that as something that is? important for brands to be doing? Like picking someone from the brand to put into the story? Because I see a lot of brands out there talking about, oh, if we're going to do TikTok, like we're just going to rely on like our influencer network, or we're just going to rely on this. And like, they're not necessarily thinking about like putting themselves into it. Is there a benefit to putting yourself in it?
1: If you would have asked me that like two years ago, I would have said like, no, like I don't see why social media like teams or marketing teams need to put themselves in front of the camera. Um, I think they could rely on, yeah, like you said, earned content, UGC, influencer content. But given the push towards short-term short-term video, and given the push towards, um, you know, video content that has a really short shelf life, and given the push towards Gen Z not wanting to engage with overproduced brand content, I think the most apparent evolution of social is that people are going to have to get in front of the camera to represent their brands and come across as a real human who represents this brand. So many of our Gen Z enthusiasts now call me like Mr. Manscaped, or they think I'm the CEO of Manscaped, (laughs) which I'm very much not the CEO of Manscaped. So, um, But they see me as like this human manifestation of a brand, and that's what's driven engagement for us. It wasn't until... The pandemic, and it was me constantly publishing content. That was when we started to see success. That's when we started to see 50% of our organic social revenue being driven by TikTok. So, that for us has been the key win. And um, now we're integrating more team members outside of just myself, obviously, um, getting more team members comfortable producing content. Um, we are pretty much becoming like our best content creators like we are becoming influencers for manscaped even though we are manscaped employees but we are like the personalities behind the brand that is engaging with this new wave of you know gen z young millennial customers who are looking for authentic relationships with brands um and it's been really effective for us so i would challenge any social media manager That's kind of struggling with what to jump on, what what to jump on with, with TikTok or how to start a TikTok presence or any kind of like short form, um, you know, nimble content Um, to just feel comfortable jumping in front of the camera and giving yourself that autonomy or talking to your leadership team about like, if you trust my vision and you trust that I know what's best to drive our social media forward, you'll trust me to like jump in front of the camera and produce this content that I know is going to engage with people because like I mentioned, I feel like social media managers more than anyone else on the marketing team understand a brand and the brand voice. Um, So I, I think it's the next evolution of social that you're going to see a lot more social media managers jumping in front of the camera on behalf of their brands.
2: Sure. I mean, it's a really authentic and it's probably a healthier long-term way to sort of build and grow a network where people feel personally connected to you as opposed to like influence. influencers need to be part of your strategy, but that's, you know... It's more. It's more expensive. It's inherently not quite as authentic as people thinking you're the CEO. Like that's how tightly they're connecting you to the brand. Um, you mentioned something in there on attribution, which made me think of something else. I wanted to make sure we talked about is we know because we talked to so many different e-commerce brands that we are all as an industry so obsessed with paid acquisition on social. It's obviously like we're never going to argue that brands shouldn't do that. But what we will argue until we're blue in the face is that there needs to be a balance between your acquisition strategy and everything that you're paying for and what you're building sort of like longer term organic, whether it's through organic social or just through like the actual true relationships you're building with your customers, like what you're doing with the community. So, do you have any tips for our listeners that are trying to make organic social a bigger part of their strategy, but maybe the rest of the organization is really getting hung up on attribution? Like what advice would you give to, to anyone listening and thinking that?
1: Yeah, I think socials evolved to a point where attribution isn't as difficult as it once was. We um across anytime we're linking back to manscaped.com, we have a a UTM short link that allows us to understand what people are doing on the website if they're referred to from social. So if the main hangup is ROI, start using trackable UTMs on every single link you have on your social platforms and you can start to understand when people are clicking through in your bio or about section or on a post or in a comment or a customer service reply where they're asking a question about you know, how, how long does the battery last on the trimmer, you can answer the question, provide them a link back to the website, and then you're getting attributed for that revenue. Um, so we are tracking like revenue generated from organic social, and it is driving significant business for Manscaped. Um, I'd say if the biggest hangup is just like resources, like I mentioned, jumping in front of the camera, TikTok content is so easy to produce. Um, it's I, I was creating for a minute there like, eight videos in one day and then just like scheduling them out for the week. So um, I think there's so many more resources out there these days to produce nimble, quick content. It's not necessary that the content looks extremely professional. Um, The new wave of, you know, Gen Z and young millennials are really looking for more um, UGC style content. Um, So, yeah. And then I, I would say if, If time or resources is a constraint, just choose like one or two channels you feel like you're going to have the biggest impact and have the most potential. Um, If you were to ask just like any kind of D2C brand what what they should be on right now, I think it's TikTok and Instagram Reels more than anything. Um, I think there's a lot of great case studies out there of how uh, TikTok's driven significant business for small companies, um, for startups, and the organic scale is there right now. Um, there hasn't been a social platform driving this much organic scale and volume for brands since the very early days of Instagram.
0: Man, there's so much in there that I want to unpack a bit more. But it, just to save everyone time, we're around the 30-minute mark here. So maybe this is a good spot to wrap. But before we do, um, Tyler, wanted to get your thoughts on brands that inspire your approach to social. So we had a lot of people say, hey, Manscaped is who I look to. Who is Manscaped Man looking to?
1: It's definitely changed over the years. I think right now, um, I've looked to certain brands for certain aspects of their social approach or social strategy. Um, I can't name a brand I'd say that's just like, oh, every single channel, they're killing it. Like, I love everything about them. But for me, like, Washington Post was one of the first like branded entities to create a TikTok presence. Um, and they kind of, pioneered that one face behind the camera, creating a community. So, like, Dave is their, like, personality who's behind the camera on the Washington Post TikTok. And that's what kind of inspired me to create our our TikTok account. So a, a lot of my inspiration initially was drawn from the Washington Post account. Because, um, again, it was one of the first, like, branded um, TikTok entities besides, like, some sports teams or... Um, other you know non d2c industry um i really look to slim jim a lot for their humor and their ability to connect with slim jim
2: is phenomenal they're great
1: I've been trying to, at Slim Jim, if anyone has a connection at Slim Jim, I've been trying to do an Instagram collab with them for so long. Everyone
2: everyone wants to know who the Slim Jim guy is. If we had a connection, I don't think we could tell you.
1: I've done so much internet sleuthing. I found his name. I found his LinkedIn. I found his personal Instagram. I DM'd him. No traction, but... You've gotten
2: farther than most people
1: then. We're trying. Um, I, lo- I love the way they've been able to create their own meme culture on Instagram. And obviously it's resonated. They have over a million followers and they're a, whatever, a a meat stick. (laughs) And, um, more recently I've started to understand that I really respect Duncan and their ability to connect with Gen Z, like their whole campaign with Charlie D'Amelio, the TikTok star drove their cold brew sales, like through the roof. They also have like a merch line that has like a cult, like following that sells out every few months. Um, so more recently I've been really a fan of Duncan and what they've been doing and been keeping an eye on them. But I'd say there's, there's certain brands and, uh, branded personalities across different channels that I look to as uh, fun and engaging and like to see what they're doing for inspiration.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say if there was ever a moment, so I'm in Boston and I constantly, all I ever have in front of me is Duncan and right before we hopped on, I threw it away so I wouldn't be like sucking on the straw as we're talking. God, if there was ever a product placement moment, you're on the right podcast with the right person and I just (laughs) happened to throw it away. I
1: love Duncan. I haven't had it in a minute, but someday soon.
0: (laughs) Those are all great examples and we'll make sure that those get into the show notes uh, so everyone can take a look at them. And, If I was going to summarize everything we talked about here today, Tyler, it would be know your platform. So whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, they all have like a certain flavor, a certain feel that's a bit different. So make sure you're tailoring your content to the platform. Feedback from your community and actually building that community through social. And social ends up being the voice. So the people who are on your social team, they're going to be the closest to the customer. So they're going to be able to communicate that brand voice probably better than anyone else on your team. It's easier to go viral with things in the early days. So early TikTok, early reels, like you're giving yourself a better chance to go viral there. And not everything needs to be scalable. I think we've hit on that quite a few times in here. Like there's certain things you can do that are going to have a big impact that you're not going to be able to do at at a huge scale or all the time. And be human. Being able to introduce like someone from your brand into the content seems like there's a lot of benefits to that. So before we let you go, Tyler, um, is there any place where people listening to this can connect with you? Um, obviously, like follow you on TikTok, but anywhere else, LinkedIn, Twitter, a blog?
1: Yeah. Um, I love LinkedIn. I'm a huge LinkedIn advocate. I love sharing little behind the scenes of our <clears throat> social media strategy on LinkedIn. Um, so add me on LinkedIn, Tyler Wentworth, I work at Manscaped, should pop up pretty early. I also am uh, starting to connect with people on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, uh, I think my handle on there is just Tyler Wentworth. And yeah, follow Manscaped on any social media platform. We'll be on them all at Manscaped. Uh, so thanks so much for having me, guys. Really
0: appreciate it. You are welcome. And we'll make sure all of those handles get to the show notes for you guys as well. Tyler, this was fantastic, super informative. Thank you so much. in The Exchange, presented by Luke, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.